Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Principles of Success, interviewing the experts, book review, the happiness equation. And this is a good book. The author doesn't mince words. If the lesson he's trying to teach only needs a couple paragraphs, that's what the chapter is going to be. There was a couple chapters in the book that were so short that I wasn't even sure they were chapters. So it's a good read, not a whole bunch of fluff to this book, and lots of useful information. So let's talk about it. There's nine big takeaways. I'm going to talk about um, the... And, and there's three sections. I'm going to talk about the middle section more in depth, and each section has three takeaways. But there's nine in total. So the first section is be happy. Just choose to be happy. It's the main theme that seems to keep popping up over and over and over again. You, Your attitude is 100% your responsibility and under your control. And I didn't get this from a, this book, but I was doing some more other happiness research and somebody said something along the lines of if you are unhappy right now that is on you it is not the world that's making you unhappy it's how you're interpreting what is happening that is making you unhappy so interpret it differently and that I just really liked how they phrased it they did a better job than I just did but I digress. Next principle is do it for yourself. This is more in the lines of um, motivation for other stuff. A lot of times people only do things for extrinsic rewards, which means like, for instance, getting paid. But if you're willing to do it for yourself and are find something that you're willing to do for yourself and then the third principle for this section is remember that you won the lottery odds are if you are listening to this podcast and he phrased it as if you are listening to this book you are very fortunate you have some sort of technology that allows you to listen to this podcast That means you're already probably pretty wealthy compared to most of the world. And you have the time to be able to listen to it. And you have the mental attitude to listen to it. So you're already super lucky. And he used the stats that I'm going to just paraphrase. But if you make above, um, I want to say it's 30k a year, you're part of the 1% of the world. Now... A lot of you, including myself, would not consider that very wealthy, not very successful. However, that is the 1% of the world. 1% of the world. And in the richest time in history. So, 
just from a financial perspective, odds are you are probably one of the luckiest human beings in existence. Just imagine having to run 30 miles in a day in order to catch yourself some dinner. And if you have had failed the night before, you're doing that on an empty stomach. So, you've already won the lottery. The chances of being alive is extremely difficult. So, it's just a perspective challenge thing. It's You're already lucky. Be happy, be grateful, and just remember that you're lucky. Next section. And this is the main chunk of the episode. I really like this section. And it is... The first takeaway that I got from this is don't be idle. Go do stuff. Retirement is dangerous and you probably should never retire. As in the normal retirement sense. You need a purpose. You need, which is the next note, you need a reason to get up in the morning. You need a reason to get up. If you don't have any point in waking up in the morning, then you're going to be struggling through life. And when you really have no point to get up in the morning, that's when people die. The average uh, lifespan after retirement is six years. Not because of the average age limit. It's just when you're done and you're not doing anything, you have no purpose, so you wither away and die. He doesn't say that in the book. That's just me adding to it. Next takeaway is uh, he calls this lesson kind of value yourself. And the notes I took on this is always compare the hours to the dollars in your life. So what I mean by that, he phrases it differently, but what I mean by that is how much time are you putting in to get money out? This is the example he uses. Teachers and lawyers make about the same hourly. Lawyers just work about three times as many hours in a year that a teacher does. So they make about three times as much. So just makes doing as a significant amount of hours. Now I'm going to diverge from the book a bit and talk about the using that money to then pay other people to supplement your hours. Like for instance, many wealthy people use cleaning services and lawn care and stuff like that because you can pay somebody 20 bucks an hour to do that. And then while they're doing that for an hour, two hours every week, you can spend those two hours making 500 bucks. So value yourself and value the time that you have outside of work. Value your relationships and things like that. And when it comes to work, do something that's meaningful. Go. You might not be able to immediately jump into something that you feel meaningful, but the way Jim Rohn phrases it, I really like, and it is every job is meaningful. It might be a stepping stone to the exact purpose, but your McDonald's job is providing you sustenance and capital for you to be able to propel yourself as a stepping stone to the next job and the next job and to get to that meaningful impact that you're aiming for in this world. 
So next, I want to talk about two different quadrants. Um, the second quadrant actually belongs in the first section, but I went ahead and put it down here. But before we get to that, the first quadrant is the think-do quadrant. So just think of a xy axis. So there's four boxes. Um, and going left to right is the do boxes, and going up and down is the um, think boxes. So for instance, the top left corner is thinking and doing, and the bottom right corner is not thinking, not doing. And another way of putting it is time and brain power. So for instance, the four different names for the boxes are automate, regulate, do it, and debate. So for debate, that's a heavy time. The box that is labeled debate is the box that takes a lot of time and a lot of thought. So these are your big decisions in life. So debate them. But the do it box, if it's something that's important but doesn't take a lot of time, just get it over with, just get it done. The automate is a lot of time but not super important to you. So have somebody else do it, like the lawn care example. And the regulate is the lot of time and not important. I messed up somewhere. Not a lot of time, not important, and you regulate that. That's like your recreational stuff. Uh, the second quadrant box is the love of self and love of others. So when you hate yourself and you hate people, that's a cynic. And that one wasn't as useful to me. It was just an interesting one. You can probably look it up and study it more in depth. But that's all about valuing yourself and your time. The next takeaway for this section, the third takeaway for this section, is making space. So that way you have more time and more brain power to do the important things. So the he talks about two main things with this. First is eliminating useless decisions. The most iconic in the success world is quit wasting time picking out outfits. Um, I am not as crazy as some of the people like Mark Zuckerberg wears the exact, the exact same outfit every single day. My version of this is I wear pair of jeans it doesn't matter which pair of jeans because they're all the same brand they all fit roughly the same doesn't matter throw on my shoes and I just put on whatever shirt is next in the pile and I just have a bunch of different shirts Mark Zuckerberg wears the exact same the exact same the exact same pants and the exact same the exact same shirts so he doesn't have to think about it also he's running a one of the most successful businesses in the world, I am not. So maybe you should go extreme. I'm, I have different priorities, but if you want to be that successful, maybe you do need to go that, to that extreme of limiting decisions because decision fatigue. And when we start back up next year, I'm going to be talking about willpower in the book reviews. So you'll hear decision fatigue again next year. And then the other big part for creating space is putting a time limit on it. So 
the example he used that I really liked is instead of in this one company, instead of giving the team a month to get something done, the team lead says, we're getting it done today. And while it's can be stressful and a lot of chaotic and high energy during that day, you're also not dwelling about it for the rest of the month. And the simplest way to put this principle in to succinctly is work fills work expands to fill the time. So if you have an hour to do your paper, you're going to do your paper in an hour. If you have a month to do your paper, you're going to do your paper in a month or your assignment or your whatever. It's you're going to take up all the way up to the deadline because that's just how human beings work. So limit the time purposely set super short deadlines. So that way you have frantic productivity and so you get it done more. The next section is I'm going to keep it kind of short and I only wrote down two of the takeaways. I didn't really care for the third one. But the first takeaway is essentially just go do it. It's the law of momentum. Once you start doing it, you'll want to do it. Once you start doing it, you'll get it done faster and more effectively and you'll figure out why you actually want to do it. But when you're not doing it, you'll think of every reason why not to do it. It's the law of, it's the law of momentum. An object in motion stays in motion. An object at rest stays at rest unless acted on by an outside force, if you don't want to. And then the next takeaway for this is advice sucks, which is kind of a silly thing to say on a podcast that is solely about me giving advice on how to be successful. But he uses um, the word cliche. I like um, idioms, but it doesn't really matter. It's the things that you hear constantly, like, for instance, the pen is mightier than a sword. You might have heard that one. Or two, one bird in the hand is better than two birds in the bush. Th those are what he's using as a great example. And he lines them up and shows how even those, which are the most succinct forms of advice that we human beings have been able to come up with, contradict each other all the time. Advice is constantly contradicting itself. And it's always coming from the advice giver's viewpoint, not your own viewpoint. So a great example of this that I actually like and I've talked pretty in depth on, I don't know if I did it on this podcast or not, but is the apparent contradiction of if you chase two rabbits, you'll catch none versus don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Those seem slightly contradictory. I'm not going to go into that on depth, but essentially it's uh, don't pursue too many goals, but also don't make yourself vulnerable. So when it comes to advice, take it all with a grain of salt and just do what you think is best because that's all that's ever it's ever going to boil down to is what you think is best. Other people have their opinions, but their opinions can be easily as wrong as yours. So, 
take advice with a grain of salt. Enjoy the next book review, and then we'll be done for this year and starting up next year, and I'll see you all next week.